Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. The reality of life and death is real. The thought of heaven and hell is also real. So, you know, the minister, as an evangelist, you have a responsibility to talk about heaven, to talk about the world to come. And for some, it will be a place of wonder and glory. But for others, it will be a place of misery. John 3.16, the, 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 the gospel, in a nutshell, that one verse talks about perishing and eternal life. That one verse says it all. So today, the title of this message is Present with the Lord. Turn to 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, one verse, verse 8. Paul says, very, it's one of those throwaway verses that you wouldn't normally look at. We are confident. I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Anybody here want to be absent from the body? Huh? <laughs> I do. I do. It says here, I'll read it again, Kieran. We are confident, I say, and willing. This is a man who is willing to die. Isn't that amazing. I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see what he's saying? He is happy to let this world and his body pass by and move on to glory. He can't wait. We should all have that eager expectation and anticipation to go meet Jesus. And we'll try and sort of touch on this today. For example, before we go forward, Lord, we do commit this word to you. And we ask your blessing on the, the reading of these words and this sermon. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here we are. We're in temples, each and every one of us. We have bodies. You know there's a scripture that says, don't you know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Doesn't it say that? You know that. So we are what some... Victorian type preachers might say we're a tabernacle we're a vessel we're like a temple and the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us and Paul is saying I'd rather be absent from this temple from this body and be with Jesus that's what he's saying in a nutshell so what we're, we're living in a body and it's temporary it's passing by this body, in case you hadn't noticed, as we get older, it kind of wears out. It starts creaking. Listen to this. 
you understand? We start creaking. We start getting a backache. We start getting a bumache. You know what I'm saying, don't you? Marjorie knows what I'm talking about. Our time. It's, the clock is ticking. Our time on earth is temporary. It's limited. We're only here for a season. 70 years? 80 years? Then we're pushing at the limit, aren't we? Yeah? We're pushing at the limit by reason of strength that God has given Bob, Wally, Marjorie. He really has been graceful. But we're getting ready to meet our maker. Can we wait? Medical science has not been able to abolish death. Nick is a nurse. Any other doctors and nurses here, Joey? No, no, no. But we normally have a few nurses and you've spent a lot of time studying the body just wears out, doesn't it, Nika? It's hard to keep it going. But medical science is trying to eradicate cancer, heart disease, all these other things, kidney complaints. But it's limited. We have to take pills for this, pills for that, pills for the other, just to keep the body moving like Frankenstein. Isn't it? It's true. And it upsets the tummy. I saw a verse the other day. Do you know what? I don't know where it is. And I know Dominic's going to find it for us, right? But I saw a verse. It says that Jesus Christ has abolished death. What a verse. When I saw it, I thought, wow. You know, if you go back to if you go back in the day to, in America, it was Abraham Lincoln who was the president that abolished slavery. Do you remember that that word? We hear it with slavery. He abolished slavery. William Wilberforce in Great Britain, he was a Christian uh, uh, politician, and he, with a few friends, spent twenty years, and they abolished. Slavery. And I realise death is a very powerful thing. It's a very mighty force to be reckoned with. And Jesus, the victor, the battle belongs to the Lord. Doesn't it? He abolished death. And I saw it in the Bible for the first time the other day. Pardon? Dom, do you want to put it out there for me, please? 2 Timothy 1.10 No matter how hard the medical profession try, they can't do what Jesus has done. Jesus destroyed death at Calvary with his own body and his own death and resurrection. We got so much to look forward to. I, I stood at the here we go. Look, 
I'll read it to you. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who has done what? That's fantastic. I stood at the side of a grave on Friday. There was a lot, there was 200 people around the grave. Maybe more, there were more at the grave than came to the church. And I was telling them, if you believe in the Saviour, I just, I had my opportunity. And I didn't want to let it pass me. Because I know what some of them traveller boys get up to. And they need saving. Anyway, we read this verse. And Paul has said in that verse 8, we are confident. No one speaks with such boldness apart from the Apostle Paul. He is confident concerning death. There's no doubt in. There's no, no timidness in his talk. He's just a bold man who knows what how to say things as they are. He would rather be absent from the body and be with Jesus Christ our Lord. He would be present with our strong Lord, mighty and forceful. You can rest in the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. But, let me ask you a question. What will it mean? This is a good question. I haven't even read it yet. What will it mean to be present with the Lord? Isn't that a good question? What will it mean to be present with the Lord? It will mean everything. Well, look, I'll give you a couple of different scenarios, okay? Come in, Janet. We will, check this out, we will be released from the restrictions of our bodies. Hey, I'm sure you've noticed as you're getting older, you're slowing down, aren't you? Look at, look at Janet, she's slowing down. Our bodies are wonders. I mean, you know, they, 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 there's a saying, the, the seven wonders of the world. Have you heard of that? Now, we could, between us all, we could probably say what they are. Huh? But I'm going to tell you what one of the first wonders of the world is. The human body. Me. Look. One of the wonders of the world. Because I'm made in the image of God. So are you. You're all wonders of the world, aren't you? Amen. Come on. Hey? I know a lot of people don't like the way they look and they go and get a load of Botox or implants. You know what I mean? Crazy, isn't it? You know what I'm talking about. But we are... Look, Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 says this. My daughter is a beautician. Is she? And as I've as I got older, my lips have got small. I said, can you inject properly? 
Well, I'll see some women, Carol. I don't mean to be rude, but they look like fishes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to kiss a pair of lips like that. I might get stuck to them. Sorry, Mayette, but I know you're not going to do it. Trout. That's it, a trout pout. Let me, let me read this. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll talk about it after, please. Verse 7, Genesis 2. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God made us. God created Adam. God created Eve. And he said, didn't he? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God has done it. He took a handful of mud and he formed a man. He breathed his breath of life into his nostrils. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. When the blind man met Jesus and he had, he had no eyes or he was blind, what did Jesus do? He took mud from the ground. He spat, he spat in it. <coughs> Has anybody got a wonky eye? Or no eyes? Yeah? We're going to practice, shall we? Who's going to do the spitting? Bob? No, not Bob. But, but uh, none of us have got that ability. We haven't got that gift. Jesus did it. Because that sort of miracle, those sort of miracles authenticated who Jesus is. I have not got those gifts. I have not got that power. Only the Lord could do such a thing. But we are wonders of creation. That's what we are. Made from the dust of the ground. With the breath of God in our lungs. It's incredible, isn't it? Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a unique person and so are you. That's what you are. Don't underestimate yourself. You're made in the image of God and the likeness of God. And that's why the devil doesn't like you. Because it doesn't say anywhere in scripture that God made an angel in the image of God or the likeness of God. So when the, the devil, this, this is a part of the issue with the devil falling out. When he saw what God was up to, he didn't like it. There's a lot in that, but we won't go there because it's not in the sermon. But we are walking, talking, miracles of the Creator's hand. It's what we are. Medical, medical researchers, they marvel at the complexity of the human body. The eyes. Whoever invented a camera must have fashioned the camera around the eye. 
They just copy good. If you go look at a JCB tractor, yeah, up at Maylands, Maxted Road, there's some JCB headquarters. If you look at the, the tractor arm, it's like, it's like an arm, isn't it? That's what they do, isn't it? It's fantastic. Still, life and our body, we have limitations, don't we? Some of us have poor health. I've got some bits and pieces that need attention. And we have our handicaps, we have our disabilities, we get older. And the acceleration of life slows down. Mayette's been saying to me, you're starting to walk like your dad. <laughs> I'm a bit like that. <laughs> Isn't that right, Mayette? I don't mind. I don't mind. But when we are going to be present with the Lord, all these restrictions will vanish. We will be like David's little Elizabeth. We'll be so excited, we're going to grow wings like she has today and want to fly around. Aren't we, David? We're going to, it's going to be exciting to go and be with the Lord. That's why Paul, Paul had disabilities. Paul had problems with his eyes. They reckon he had a hooked nose. He had problems. Paul the Apostle. He was confident. I'll read it again. We are confident. Hey? And I say willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We'll be received into the realms of everlasting glory. It's great, isn't it? We will undergo a great change. You won't have to put hair dye in your hair to make yourself look pretty. You'll be beautiful. Well, you're beautiful now, people, right? But you'll be fantastic. Absent from the body, you'll be present with Jesus Christ. You will undergo... I'm sounding like a doctor, aren't I? You will undergo an extreme negative. What do I mean by that? You're going to die. You can, that's negative, isn't it? You will die. But that will be counteracted by an extreme positive. And what do I mean by that? You will have everlasting life. I'm excited. Glorified body. Oh, wonderful body. You won't be going to get any Botox with your new body, that's for sure. You'll be present with the Lord. When you die, it means that you will arrive, you will arrive straight away in heaven. That's what you want, isn't it? You want to go to glory? There's no doubt right now that Jesus is in heaven. This is most extraordinary. That this, he was a man. He was fully human. And he was fully divine. That's Jesus. 
And when he died and rose again, his body rose from the dead. You, you can go on a search and you can look at all these religious, so-called religious leaders around the world. Buddha, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, Mickey Mouse, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You can go look for them. And guess what? You'll find their bodies. You'll find their bones laying in a grave somewhere. Dominic's been to Jerusalem. Dominic's been to the garden tomb. Did you find Jesus' bones? No, they weren't there, were they, Dom? You weren't disappointed either, was you? He went there. We've got a witness. You won't find Jesus' bones in Jerusalem. They're not there. If you go to heaven now, yes, we could send someone ahead of time, couldn't we? <laughs> Who's willing to go now, Nick? <laughs> Bob? He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> if one of us went now, guess what you're going to see? You will see a human being sitting at the right hand of God. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was human. His body rose from the dead. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Isn't it incredible? A human being is in heaven. And guess what? They reckon if you go to space and look down at planet Earth, you can see two things that are human made. One of them is the China Wall, Chinese Wall. I don't know how long it is. Great Wall of China. The second one is the N25. They might see your van pool stuck on the N25 from heaven. <laughs> eh? In a traffic jam. <laughs> and mine. We've spent enough time on it, haven't we? Dear me. That's good, Dom. Look at that. He's such a wizard, he, mate. Look at that. But why am I saying this? I'll, I'll quickly say because of time. What human thing can you see in heaven? Shall I tell you? The nail marks in Jesus' hands. When you go to heaven, when we all go there, Jesus, when the devil is accusing us before the Father and saying, that Bob Minia, He's not a Christian. I've seen him sin last week. And the Lord Jesus, hold on, Dom. The Lord Jesus says to the Father, Father God, I paid the price for Bob's sin. And the Father will say, Bob's one of ours. Do you understand me? If, he's, if the devil tries to accuse any one of us, Kieran, about our sins, if Jesus has paid for our sins, we're forgiven. The, the devil got nothing on us. We're free. Wonderful. Is that it, Dom? Wow. Look, there's the, there's the River Thames. EastEnders just there, mate. Look, I'm, isn't that amazing? Can you see it, Bob? Look, that's it. 
Jones man there. Look, 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 look. Someone nicked it. <laughs> it's incredible. All right, Johnny G. How you doing, mate? <laughs> Listen, we have got so much. Paul's got so, he got so much insight. That's why he's able to have such confidence. So we look forward to being with our Lord. We will be with him following our last breath on earth. The minute we've taken our last breath, we'll be with him. That quick, in the twinkle of an eye. People of, um, many artists have spent a lot of time trying to paint descriptions of heaven. They fall short. They just can't do it. Michelangelo, one of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah, he can paint Isaiah. He can paint Moses. He can carve a statue of David. And he worked in the Sistine Chapel and did some remarkable paintings. But he can't reproduce what heaven is. I've been to Burley House up in Stanford, north of Peterborough. And they've got what they look, it looks like, they, they call it the heaven room. And Monday, maybe, I've said it before, we could go together and have a little look at, at this room that some artist has painted to be like heaven. It's nothing like heaven. But in the imagination, you go in there, you think, oh, nice, nice. It was designed for the nobles and the aristocracy to sit down and just imagine that they're in heaven. Can you believe it? Nothing like heaven. Burley House, it's called. When I, when I, uh, I go about my business, particularly in London, I see some of these houses. They're called mansions. Like Buckingham Palace. We were down near there the other day, Maya and I. I look at these places and I reminded when Jesus said, In my father's house are many mansions or rooms. But I imagine that I say, Lord, we we got a ground floor flat, me and Maya, two bed flat. I look forward. That's it, Dom. Is that Burley House? There it goes. Heaven. A lot of dust in the <laughs> Well, when you go there, Bob, be, be prepared to take your duster with you, all right. And Hoover. And your Hoover. We have never been able to imagine the glory of heaven. John Bunyan who wrote 60 different books. John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Do you know what he said about heaven? The glory of heaven, apart from us gazing on the Lord Jesus, is that when you're there, it gets better and better and better. You just... You, you, I'm not saying any of you have taken drugs before, but some people, they do try to take a few drugs, don't they, Kieran? Ecstasy and stuff like that. And when they go on and up, they're going to come down. In heaven, it's just up and up and up 
and up. Come on, I can't wait. I'm not saying we're going to be on drugs at all, but we can't wait. We can't wait to be with the Lord. Heaven will be our new home. Let me just move on and just say, we'll rejoice. We like rejoicing, don't we? Worthy, oh, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be thanked and praised and worshipped and adored. We like to do it, don't we? I'm sorry, I do. I don't know about you all. But when we're there, people, we'll be spending eternity with the heroes of the faith. You go to Hebrews 11, and what you got, you've got the heroes. This is like the gallery. I can't read it all because of time, but this is the, the gallery of heaven. You know, I don't know where to start or where to begin, but, you know, you want to see Enoch? You're going to be with him. You want to see Noah? You could be his neighbour. You want to see all the Isaiah? Jeremiah? Can you believe it? The people we read about in the Bible, Samson, who such a warrior, took out a thousand Philistines for the glory of God. Father Abraham. You know people, they, uh, these celebrities, these Hollywood film stars like Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger, they live in Beverly Hills, don't they? And they all got big fat mansions, don't they? And if you go visit one of these characters, maybe Clint Eastwood, and you say, Clint, who lives down the road? He said, well, that, that house there is, is Arnold Schwarzenegger's, yeah? And, and there's Sylvester's over there. Look, he's cutting his grass. Can you see him on his lawnmower? Anybody? There's Tom Cruise over there. Look, look, look. He's, that's his house. And there's Keanu Reeves. I'm, I, I don't know who else there is in Hollywood. But do you understand me? They're all living in Beverly Hills. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to have your mansion. And you'll be just looking. Oh, look, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus over there. Look, look. Hey? And there's Sarah and Abraham. You'd be like that. Fascinated. Isn't that wonderful? I can't wait. We will be in heaven with all the greats from the scriptures. The prophet Samuel. I can't wait. These giants of the Bible will be our eternal companions. Can you imagine having a tea break? Well, you know what a tea break is, don't you, at work? Can you imagine... Sitting down, having a tea break, all this glory, all this worship. I need a tea break, I need to sit down, right? And you sit down with Elijah and Elisha. And you have a chat, Elijah, you, you amaze me. In your fiery chariot going up into glory. He never died. He's another human being in heaven. Can you believe it? Amazing. You will be with them. They will be your neighbours. Paul's confident to be there. 
What about Paul? You sit down and Paul said, Paul, you were the captain Christian. You did everything you could, troubled the world, the, the whole known world. He's going to tell you everything he did. And you might bow your head in shame and say, oh, well, I haven't done nothing compared to you. Well, now's our time. Now's our time. Let's all go out and be missionaries, shall we? We'll have a lot to talk to Paul about. We'll never, ever tire of rejoicing. Great. That passage of scripture I read. Revelations chapter 5. Remember, we'll be singing worthy. Oh, worthy is the Lamb. He was slain. What was it? Verse 7 or verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders, this is a picture of heaven, they fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps, golden vials, full of odours, which are the prayers of the saints. And verse 9, they sang a new song. You'll be singing new songs all the time because your mindset won't be like it is now, limited. You'll be singing, Worthy, oh worthy are you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb, the one who has redeemed us out of every tribe and every nation, from every country. He has won the day. The one who defeated sin. The one who's defeated death. Abolished death, didn't he? The one who defeated Satan. That tyrant, that devil, that dragon. Jesus is the victor. We are confident of being with him. Our Lord, our Saviour. Do you want to go there this afternoon? You're going to have to wait till it's his time. Because he has got plans and purposes for us to do. We're his workmen. We're in the vineyard. He said to the disciples, pray that we can have harvesters working in the harvest field. Didn't he? That's us. What are we doing? Let's conclude the matter. What does all this mean to... What, what does all this have to do with life today? It's a good question. Well, every, every moment of darkness, and there is a lot of it, and surely as heaven gets brighter and brighter and brighter to us who believe that day, that, that road of righteousness, it says it in the Proverbs, the road that the righteous take is like the noonday sun. It, it, it rises in the morning and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter as the sun rises. But the world is getting darker and darker and darker. Well, it shouldn't worry us. Because all these dark days are brightened by the prospect of heaven coming our way. And every burden 
should be lightened by the promise of heaven ahead of us. It's exciting. Let me just ask you, are you sure? Are you sure of heaven? Are there any doubts? If there are, let's deal with them today. Let's get it sorted. Let's get the matter put straight. If there's sin in our life, let's bring it before the Lord. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I'm struggling. I've got an issue. Let's bring it before Jesus. Don't let the day go by. Don't let the enemy have a foothold in your life. Because that's what he will do. He will run a dicky spot out and trip you up. Let's get it sorted. Settle the issue with the Lord and with yourselves. Make peace with God. That's what you want to do. And you will have the same confidence as Paul. I'd rather depart from this life and be with the Lord. That's what we want, isn't it? Because my friend Paul has got a saying. He's been telling me it the last few years. We work together. Do you know what he says? Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. That's a profound statement to make. But he's right. And it's true. Tomorrow's not promised to any one of us. When Dominic put the picture of the uh, M25 on that picture screen, you drive round the M25 this afternoon, right round it, and your life will flash before your eyes at least half a dozen times. Do you understand me? Our life is fragile. One step out of line, that's it, curtains. We don't want that, do we? We want to take every moment as, as if it means everything for us. You understand? And if we just make sure we're right with Jesus before we breathe our last. Alright? Let's close in prayer. Lord, we do come before you. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are who you say you are. We believe in you. We trust you. We trust you with our lives, Lord. We trust you with our future. We trust you with our destination to come to glory. And we look forward to the day. Lord, whatever our struggles, whatever our burdens, whatever our failures, please help us to overcome them. Please help us to walk in purity. Please help us to hold our head high and have the same confidence that the Apostle Paul has. That we'd rather depart from this body and be present with you. Even this day if we had to, Lord. But for however long we're going to live here, may we live for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's leave it. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Groveville Community Center at 1130 p.m.
in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.